i moraina atua kororia ki te matua ki te tamaiti ki te water it's a glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit and we we rest in your sovereignty uh, we find security in your sovereignty God that you are over this planet um, but <laughs> And you know us because you made us. Man, when things are really, like the real scary stuff, we just struggle. eh? We trust you, but we struggle. We worry. We fear, but we trust you. So I don't know. You know the people in my head. You know the other people um, either listening on the podcast or the video or people sitting here right now that have really huge things that they haven't even shared with anyone. eh? We just... We as a community of your people, eh, you tell us to call out to you with what we, what we need. And we just pause eh, and go, oh my gosh, God. <laughs> yeah, these people desperately need you. Like desperately, eh? Um, for wisdom, for peace, for healing. Yeah. We know you're a God that doesn't just talk about being a God of love, but you're a God of action and you act on that love and you are all powerful. There is nothing beyond your ability, so we call out to you. Yeah, we, we need, I mean, you're sovereign, you do what you want, eh? but we just call out to you and say we need some, <laughs> we need some stuff sorted this week, God. Yeah, yeah I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. Sermon time. Woo. And where was Roz? Where did you hide off to Roz? Man, how good was that? Good reading, by the way. But that national anthem, I was like crying away, singing the cracks. Just so you know, there's a massive move in our country at the moment to get our national anthem changed. So one of my friends is on a big committee putting a massive challenge together to get it not changed because obviously they don't like all the Jesus stuff. Did you see how much God stuff's in it? I just, every time I sing it, I'm like, how are we allowed to sing this? Isn't someone going to like burn down something? Because this is crazy, but... Oh, so good. So, yeah, so if you think about it, I do pray. There's a whole group of people trying to get a defense together. So there's a big challenge coming. So Anyway, all right. Hey, so this is what we're talking about. We're in the middle of our Connect um, series, which we're doing right through to camp. So we're in the, the Connect Up bit. So as I've said, uh, the key... Oh, and sorry. Kia ora, podcast people. Kia ora, video people. Awesome to have you connecting in with us. Hope you're doing phenomenal. Hey. Um, yeah, so with the connecting up, so as I said, as eldership, we were like, duh, if you're going to do a connect series, the first thing has to be connecting with God, because there's no point in us trying to connect with each other if we're all, well, we're all going to be falling apart, <laughs> whether we're connecting with God anyway, but the first part's the connecting up, that's where we're going, sorry. Hey, and so the first thing I wanted to talk about, I'm talking about a bit of a, so this is probably the most basic sermon in the history of basic sermons. And so if you think you've heard a more simple sermon than this, then I would put a large box of cash on it, which I don't actually have, that at the end of this you'll be like, oh, that was the most basic sermon I've ever heard, Craig. But hopefully you'll be like, but it was good. So if it wasn't good, Joel was the lead out. I'd go and complain to Joel. Don't tell me or I'll burst into tears. So. Um, so I'm just talking about how we connect with God, right? That's what we've been talking about. And here's the first point. And this first point is very crucial. Is everyone ready? This is a very important point. Are you with me? Shut Man, you guys are lame on the feedback thing, eh? This is it. You are different than me, which I'm very excited about because a lot of you are quite weird, right? I love you and I pray for you, but some of you are really weird. Nah, I'm joking, eh? Um, yeah, I am. It's true. Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> There's some really weird people in here. Um, 
So one of the things I want to talk about, as I'm going to talk about connecting with God in a certain way this morning, I want to just keep reminding us, and I do try and say this all the time, that God has wired us to connect with him in very different ways. And the way that some of you are wired to connect with God, I look at and I'm like, <laughs> what a weirdo. But then some of the ways that God's wired me to connect with him, you're like, ha, 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 what a weirdo. You're with me, eh? Because they're really different, right? But the thing I'm going to talk about today, I think, is a, is a key one that we all need. So um, some of you are wired to connect with God in creation. And I've talked with heaps of the guys about this. A lot of guys seem to be like this. And I know some of you guys now, when work is stressful, um, you either go for a walk in your lunchtime and find a park and just... You get in that park and it's just like, oh man, <laughs> oh, I just feel God. Everything kind of starts clicking, you know what I mean? Um, one of the guys in our church who has a very stressful job, he drives a lot for his job. And so he's making a point now, whenever he goes past a park or if he sees a cool scene like a river or something, he stops <laughs> and just, it might be two minutes in the truck or he jumps out of the truck and just has a little time with God. So some of, that, some of you, that's how God wired you. you. You connect with God through creation. Some of you, it's people. Um, some of you are, are just social people. That's the way God wired you. And so you come to church and you're just like, woohoo, humans, Christians, ah! You know, some of you, when you go to life group, you're like, oh my gosh, this is the best two hours or whatever of my week. This is just, because that's how God wired you, to connect with him through connecting with people, right? Um, some of you are in the quiet, right? And this is a bit of me, right? Some of you, it's like, man, when I can have just a silent time with me and God, it's just like, and if you've got children, good luck. It's coming. Just hold on. We're finally there. We've kicked our kids out of the house. It's great. See, they're both coming back to live with us, which we're like, cancel that. But some of you, God's wired to be quiet, and it's that, that quiet time. And sometimes you read scripture. You might listen quietly to worship music. You might not. You might just be in silence, just listening to God and connecting with him. But we're different. And some of you, when I say that, you're like, ah, don't leave me alone with my own thoughts. It's too terrifying. I'm not a quiet person. Um, and then some of you are more that liturgy, right? You just love liturgy. You go into an old church. This is me off the charts, man. I walk into an old church, and I'm just like, oh, I just feel the presence of God. And like I've said before, Joe walks into an old church, and is like, oh, look at the architecture. And man, it smells musty in here. And I'm like, God's presence. But then the way she connects with God is different to me. Are you with me, eh? So I want to remind us of that. We're all different. But I think there's a crucial way that we need to have in our week that we connect with God. Um, and just a side note, if, when I was saying that, if any of you were like, huh, never thought about that, maybe I'm a creation or a community connector, then you need to work on that because that's how God's wired you. So if you're a community person, we have amazing life groups. If you're a creation person, oh my gosh, you're in Kirikiriroa with a beautiful river and oh my gosh, so make that time to connect with God in that way he's wired you. Um, but I'm going to start with a quote from Eugene Peterson and let the cat out of the bag on what I'm actually talking about this morning. I love this quote. So Eugene Peterson says, God speaks the decisive word that puts us on the way, the road, the path of life. The Hebrew word for Bible is makra, a noun form from the verb to call, kara. The Bible is, I love this, but eh, the Bible is not a book to carry around and read for information on God, but a voice to listen to. Isn't that cool, eh? Cool? Oh, man, you guys are fired. Okay. I love that, eh? Um, a voice to listen to. I like that. The word of God that we name Bible, book, is not at root a word to be read and looked at and discussed. It is a word to be listened to and obeyed, a word that gets us going. Fundamentally, it is a call. God calls to us. Oh, man. I've read this quote so many times this week, and every time I read that last bit, I'm just like, what a cool way to describe the Bible. God calls to us. God calls to us. What does God say to us when he calls to us? I love you. You're way more awesome than you realize. 
you're way more empowered than you realize. You're way more blessed than you realize. That's how God calls to us when we, we dig into the Bible. Man, I just, I love that, right? Um, I think it's important for us to connect in all the different ways that God's wired us, nature and all this other stuff. But to me, if we're not spending a little bit of time, and it might be five minutes, it might be half an hour, that's between you and Jesus to figure out. If we're not spending a little bit of time in the Bible each day, we're missing out on the call of God to our lives. We're really just missing out on a whole aspect of what it means to be in a relationship with him. Um, Ros read Psalm 1 before, and I want to read it again, so jump over there um, real quick if you've got your Bible or a device or whatever you happen to be carrying around. I don't know what you could have apart from a paper Bible or a device, but it's all good. I just love this, eh? Um, so I'll read it again. I was just going to read the last verse, but I love this. So I'll read the whole thing. So this is Psalm 1, 1 to 3. Oh, the joys of those who, who do not follow the advice of wicked or stand around, I love this, eh? stand around with sinners or join in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. And this last bit is called, they are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither and they prosper in all they do. Man, I was thinking about every week I read, I'm a big news nerd, and every week when I read the news, I'm like, I didn't think it could get any worse. Like some of the China stuff going on at the moment, I'm like, shut up, this is starting to get insane, right? Um, but then I read this and I'm like, man, the planet is just getting crazy by the minute. But I want to flourish in the midst of that. Does that make sense? I don't want to live in fear and I don't want to fall apart. I want to flourish in the midst of it because I'm connected to God. And what, what they're saying here in the, in the psalm is, man, the number one way to be connected with God is to meditate on his word. And I love the descriptive thing that, um, that he says at the end. They are like trees planted on the riverbank. And I'm like, ah, oh, that's cool because their roots go down into the river. I get that. But then I love this description, bearing fruit each season. It's like, man, I want to be really fruitful. I do. As a Christian, I want to be like crazy fruitful. I want to be serving God in all sorts of ways because I'm connected with him, right? Because I'm plugged into him. How do I do that? Oh, by volunteering for every ministry in the church, by, no, by just getting into the word because that's where God calls to me. And then what's going to happen? I'm naturally going to be fruitful because I'm plugged into him. It makes sense, eh? Man. And then the next one, the leaves never wither. I was thinking, and I'm going to be rude, and I didn't ask their permission, but I don't care because if I get in trouble, they'll forgive me. I was thinking... Some of our older folks, maybe I won't mention names. I was going to mention some names of some of our older people. Man, you look at them, and maybe physically there's a little bit of withering going on, but we won't talk about that. But you look at them, <laughs> you look at them spiritually, you look at them vibrantly, and you're like, man, they are not withering. Do you know what I mean? They're not. They're so vibrant, and they're at prayer things, and serving around the church, and I'm like, yeah, I just, that's who I want to be, right? I don't want to wither. I want to be vibrant. What do I need to do? I need to meditate on the Word. And then the last one, and this is a cool one, eh? they prosper in all they do. Now, if God wants to prosper me financially, he's more than welcome to, but I don't think that's what he's talking about, right? He's talking about me prospering in life. I want to have a prosperous, awesome, vibrant, exciting life, right? You know what I mean, eh? Okay, we're going to try that again. I'm going to turn away, and when I turn back, I'm going to say, you know what I mean, eh? And then you're going to say yes or no, whatever you want. You ready? You know what I mean, eh? Oh, come on, church. How good was that? All right. So good. Okay. Hey, so as I said, this is a real simple sermon, right? And so my job, part of my job is pastoral care of guys, which I don't think I do a great job of pastoral caring, but we just catch up and eat food and talk about Jesus and stuff, which I think is all good. Um, And one of the things I just keep hearing from guys is, man, I just don't, I'm not in the Bible. I'm just not. I just don't. I know I should, but I don't. So 
I don't know about you ladies. Joe hangs out with you ladies, and I don't know what you guys are doing with the Bible. But us guys, a lot of us are pretty lame when it comes to hanging out in the Bible. So again, simple sermon. And so here's the first point, and this is pretty simple. Um, reading the Bible, choose a time, a place, and a plan, right? <laughs> choose a time, a place, and a plan. So here's the first one, choose a time. Um, I think this is pretty simple, to be honest. I think it's really simple. Um, us guys, a lot of us guys like a bit of structure in our lives. Some of us don't. Some of you are just floaty, fruity, crazy people, but some of us like a bit of structure. And one of the things that I think makes a lot of sense is to just choose a time. What's the time to read the Bible? And let's start with five minutes. Real simple. It might grow, but don't start with, I'm going to read 18 chapters of the Bible every day, because it'll last like not even one day, and you'll give up, because <laughs> now you're late for work, and you got fired, and your life falls apart. So just start with five minutes, right? And it's just choosing a time, and it's what time works for you, right? Is it in the morning? For me, I do mornings, right? Um, is it at lunchtime? I know guys that their lunchtime, they take half their lunchtime to hang out with the, the crew that they're working with, and half their lunchtime is just in the word. Some guys go to their car and sit in the car. Some guys sneak to a nearby park to just read the Bible, right? So some people, it's night. So it doesn't matter, but just choose the time, because then you're not getting through the day, and you're like, oh, I forgot again. Oh, because you know I've chosen that time. And look at these verses. So this is Jesus, right? And he's obviously the, the master of all this, so... Um, these are what Roz, like, awesomely read, but I'm going to read them again. The theory behind that is the double repetition thing, if you're wondering. We've already read it. Why are you reading it again? That's the, the theory behind it. Um, so where are we going? Luke 5, um, Luke 5.15. This is one of my favorite verses talking about how intentional Jesus is about um, spending time with um, his father. So Jesus has just healed this guy from leprosy, which in their culture was, un like, no one could do that. It was unbelievable. And he says to him, don't go and tell everyone. And the reason is, because if you do, I'm going to be swamped. And, and then I don't want to be swamped. I'm trying to not just heal, but I'm trying to preach and teach and do all this stuff. But what does the guy do? He goes and tells everyone. And Jesus is swamped. And then you read these verses. But despite Jesus' instructions, which is to not tell everyone, the report of his power spread even faster, and vast crowds came to hear him preach and to be healed of their, of their diseases. And I love verse, um, verse 16. But Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness of prayer. I just love that, right? There's so much ministry opportunities in front of him, but Jesus is literally going no to the ministry opportunities. The number one priority now is for me to spend time with my father. Massive, eh? Massive. Are you with me on the massive? Okay. So what is... I don't think some of you are. This is people coming with sick children. This is people with leprosy. This is people who are crippled. This is people who are blind, coming to Jesus for healing, knowing he can heal them. He knows he can heal them, but he says no. The most important thing now is not healing you. It's me connecting with my father, which is like, it's massive, right? That's how important Jesus sees spending time with his father, right? Um, and now jump over to Mark 1, and, and this is where you see the time, and, and you see the same um, bit a lot. He, he talks about the same kind of um, time heap, so... Um, where are we going? Verse 35. Um, I wasn't going to do this, but I don't know, if I go over time and it ticks you off, complain to Jose, my wife, and she can listen to you. Because this just always blows me away. So I'm going to start on verse 32 of Mark 1. If you've got your Bible, it's good to go away to check. I'm not just making all this up, right? Um, that evening after sunset. So this is quite late, right? It's after sunset. Many sick and demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. The whole town gathered at the door to watch. How many people came? Many. <laughs> the whole town is there, right? Um, the whole town gathered at the door to watch. So Jesus healed many people who were sick with various diseases. 
he cast out many demons, but the demons, uh, because the demons knew who he was, he didn't allow them to speak, because he didn't want people learning who he was from demons, he wants them to know from him. So we're, we're after sunset, we've got the whole town, we've got many sick, many demon possessed. And so one of my questions is, I think I've done this before here, but I'll do it again, right? Is Jesus' healing style like this, where Jesus is like, whoa, there's so many people sick and demon possessed, everyone on this side of the room, be healed, and everyone's healed. Is that Jesus' style, or is it more, oh my gosh, you're blind, man, let me touch your eyes, I'm going to heal your eyes, and... Don't sin, because you sin a lot. I've heard stories, so stop sinning. <laughs> so if you're watching on the video or the podcast, that was my wife. I was talking to you, so I'm okay. So which one is the style of Jesus? The zap everyone or the real intimate? It's the intimate, right? He's always the intimate. So my question is, if this started after sunset, the whole town turned up, it's like, what time did Jesus finish ministry? Like crazy late, really late, probably in the morning, right? It's, it's, there's a lot of people there. And then the next verse, and this is what I wanted to read. Before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. That just always blows me away. It's like if anyone didn't need to spend time with God, it's God, Jesus. He is God. But the one who makes it the biggest priority is Jesus himself, right? And I'm like, man, that just it blows me away, right? And I love this. Later, Simon and the others went out to find him. When they found him, they said, everyone's looking for you. In other words, he has jetted. So he's not just like gone outside the house and he's, you know, sitting outside having his quiet time. He's like boosted off into the wilderness where they just cannot find him. Why? Because he doesn't want distractions, right? So early in the morning, so choose a time. For Jesus, early in the morning, we read that so often, he, he goes early in the morning, right? Um, I love this little quote. This is a cool quote. God will meet you um, wherever and whenever, but beginning your day like this helps you shape your day rather than your day shaping you. I love that, eh? That's a cool little quote. Okay, so here's the next one. Um, choose a time, Whoop, let me go back, well, choose a time and choose a place, right? And we just saw that with Jesus, right? He goes out into the wilderness every time, um, goes out and it'll say he went out to a, de- a deserted place, he went out to a desolate place, he went out to the wilderness just to really get away from people. So first of all, choose a time, pretty simple. Second one, choose a place. And I think this is a really cool thing. So if you're going to have your time with God at home, where's the chair that you really love sitting in? Where's the place where you sit? And there's a really cool view of a tree or a bush or your husband because he's so amazing. No, I don't know. Um, somewhere where you know, when I go there, that's my little spot to hang out with Jesus. When I sit there, it's like, ah, here we go. Because I love sitting here. It's comfortable. Does it make sense, eh? Yeah. So this is one thing that's driving me nuts. So when we lived in the country, I had the perfect, t- ah, choking to death, um, the perfect two places, a summer place and a winter place where I would sit and have my time with Jesus, and it was just fantastic. But now that we've moved, I just can't find the place. And I've got three spots that I keep trying, but none of them are the place. And I was thinking about it this week, and I was praying. I was like, God, I just really want to find the place. Where, where's the place in this crazy house? So I'm sure he'll let me know. So find a time, um, find a place. I think it's important, eh? And then the last one's kind of obvious, right? Find a plan. Um, that's not rocket science. Find a plan. Um, and the, the rationale behind this is so that you don't have to think. <laughs> you just go that time, you go that place, you open your app, you open your Bible, you open your whatever, and you're good to go. You're not like, oh, what am I meant to be? What shall I do? And then the time's gone, and you're late for work, and you get fired, and that's it. Um, and again, everyone's real different, right? So Josephine normally does one reading plan, 
and she does a massive lot of journaling afterwards, responding to it, right? That would just drive me bonkers. So I normally have two or three reading plans going at the same time because I'm really weird and I'd read this one and then I'd jump around like a crazy person and do a really short journal and then I'm off into my day and stuff. Um, I know heaps of you use Today in the Word, which is awesome, right? Today in the Word, some verses, some Bible, a little commentary thing, read it, you're off into your day. Um, I know some people read through books in the Bible. So like one person who I won't mention who's in this church who's completely crazy is like was working through Leviticus the other day. I was like, look, so if you don't know, Leviticus is just like numbers and laws and like stuff. And I'm like, how do you have your quiet time with God out of Leviticus? But they do, so they're amazing. But the rest of us are like, oh, that's not us, right? But we're all different. That was my point, right? And so find a time, find a place, um, find, a, find a plan, right? Find a plan. Okay, let me um, read this quote. There's a quote from Jeff Myers. I'll read the first half and then I'll chuck the second half on the, on the, um, on the screen. I love this little, it's, a, it's an illustration, I guess. The Bible contains rules, but it's not helpful to think of it as a rule book. As important as rule books are, they don't inspire devotion. Imagine curling up with a cup of coffee in your company's employment manual. Good times, right? Instead of a rule book, think of the Bible as a compass. When my children and I tested for our advanced open water diving certification, we descended to 40 feet below the surface and took turns swimming in a square, 100 feet in each direction. At the farthest point, we were about 140 feet from the rest of our group in an environment where visibility was 50 feet at best. Believe me, at that moment, I didn't want a compass that pointed at me. I wanted one that offered a reliable reference point outside me. Only then could I find my way back. And then he carries on. He says, just as a compass points us north, the Bible points us to God. It reveals God, making the unknown known. Through revelation, God's truth rises like the dawn, making clearer who God is, who we are, and what kind of world we live in. The Bible is God's word. I love that, eh? The Bible is such a compass. And you guys know it. So many times we've messed up and things are falling apart and we're struggling. And you get into the, into the Bible, and it just steps you beyond yourself, and it reminds you who God is, reminds you who you are. I love that, eh? So cool. All right, question time. So I've got a couple of questions for y'all. Um, where do you see God connecting with you in your life? So maybe we're going to chat. If you're a visitor, we're going to actually chat as a church in a minute. Um, where do you see God connecting with you in your life? Where is that? Is it creation? Is it the Bible? Is it work? I don't know. And then the second one, personally, what do you see as some of the benefits of reading the Bible? So for you, personally, what do you think are some of the benefits of reading the Bible? If someone said to you, psh, Bible schmeibel, I ain't got, got time for that rubbish, you'd be like, whoa, what would you say were the benefits for you from reading the Bible? Is that all good? Hey, so what we do as a church now, we're going to literally chat for a couple of minutes. So just grab a few people around you and have a chat. But whoa, 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 don't forget, some people are... Like don't like to talk, which is all good. Or some people, God is really speaking to them. So if anyone's staring at the screen, that's the deal. If someone's staring at the screen, just leave them alone. They're talking to God. But if they're not staring at the screen, then look around and pounce on them. Okay, so we'll chat for a couple of minutes. Cool, cool. And then we'll carry on. <clears throat> oh, this is...
Alrighty, kia ora, kia ora. Hey, hey, any thoughts? Let's do, we'll just do the second one, eh? Any thoughts on the second one? Personally, what are some of the benefits that you find in reading the Bible? Chewing on it, meditating on it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. So just to repeat it for the podcast and stuff. Yeah, so saying you can see people have been through real hard times and they made it through. God got them through, so I'm going to be good. He's got me. It's cool. Yeah, I love that, eh? It's cool. Anyone else? Yeah. Yeah. Unlike us, because we're perfect. Yeah, yeah. Just saying, yeah, um... Yeah, a lot of people stuff up all the time in the Bible, and God still loves them, restores them, eh? He's such a God of restoration, man. That's cool, eh? Yeah. Can you explain that more? Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yep. Yeah, that's cool. So Grant's saying... It, it puts the world in, you see the big picture, God's big plan of what's going on. I love that, eh? Puts everything in perspective, which I think is one of the key things about the Bible, because like I said before, you can get so caught up in your own world and your own struggles and stuff, and God's like, I've got a plan, it's, I'm, I'm working here. Ah, oh, it's cool, eh? Cool. Okay, so that was the first part. Everyone's all good, no one's exploding to share. We're good. Hey, so that was first, so simple, right? So remember, time, place, plan. Time, place, plan, TPP, TPP. I don't know what that stands for. It sounds cool, though. All right, here's the next one. So I said it was simple. Now it gets even more simple, right? Remember all complaints to Joel, I think it was, or Jose, somebody. Um, just do it. <laughs> reading the Bible, just do it. Um, I was reading a thing this week, and they said this. I thought it was funny. Something's better than nothing. I thought that's so true, right? So I just wanted to encourage you, don't be sitting here or listening on the podcast or the video and thinking, yeah, 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 I really need to get around to this. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like just tomorrow morning or tomorrow night, remember, make your time. Just find a Bible. They're pretty much everywhere, like on your phone, your tablet, your computer, um, and just find a plan and, and get going. If you don't know how, come and see me or Joe or John John or one of the leaders in the church and be like, help me, <laughs> you know. It's not hard. Just um, kind of get into it, eh? All right. Oh. So I have a giant jar of chocolate chip cookies that I may or may not have stolen from the cafe, right? So that's not Chow, Jade, or the cafe stuff. Um, now, if I took one of these cookies, and I was going to get one of the young dudes, but the stomp dudes have all gone out, so that's probably safer for us all. But if I gave one of these... This is too terrifying. If I gave one of these to one of those stomp kids, those intermediate kids, and just said, here's a cookie, and they walked off, what would they do? It'd be gone, right? In two seconds, just vanish. And if most of you are lovely people, but if I gave most of you a cookie, most of you, unless you were like, I don't know, trying to be healthy or something stupid like that, who cares about that? You'd be like, oh, thanks, right? It'd be just gone. Are you with me, eh? Yeah, I think so. I would be. I love, so this is the danger of working in the cafe. These are like one of my nemesis because they are so good. Oh, my gosh. Um... What I'm meaning is we don't, you don't think about it. You just eat the cookie, and you love it, and it's great. Um, that's the way I find the Bible, right? I think there's a real danger in spending too much time thinking about a time, a place, a plan. Oh, my gosh, it's this huge thing. Just do it. Just read it. 
If I gave you the cookie, you wouldn't be like, hmm, thank you for this cookie, Craig. Now, I better think, when shall I eat the cookie? Now, where shall I eat the cookie? You know, you'd just be like, it's gone, right? Um, Same with the Bible. The Bible is to be consumed, right? It's to be chewed on. It's to be meditated on. Um, And if you're not, you're just really missing out on hearing God calling to you, speaking to you, because he loves you and he wants to to talk, right? Um, Here's some real simple ideas, right? So just just do it is the simple thing. Um, First of all, if you're like, I don't even know where to start, you can download Uversion, which is a free app. It's on your phone. It can be on your tablet, on your computer. It's on, like, everything. There's Dwell. There's heaps of them, right, Um, out there now. And and I'd encourage you to start with a psalm or in the Gospels, right? So the cool thing with a psalm is it's really easy to read a psalm a day. Most of them at most are pretty short. When you get to Psalm 119, you're like, oh, my gosh. It's like... A thousand, yeah, that's like a week, it's like a thousand, it's good, I shouldn't say it like that. Um, but if you're like, I don't even know where to start, just start in a psalm. I'm going to read a psalm a day, it's pretty easy. Just a little prayer, God, speak to me, I, w- I want to hear from you. Read the psalm and then a little prayer, God, what am I doing with that? H- how does that apply to me? Where am I going? And you're off, five minutes, right? Um, or go into the gospel, so I love the book of Mark, I've, I don't know how many times I've read the book of Mark, because it's just like... Action! Because I like action-adventure movies. Anyone with me? Like dramas? Oh, my gosh. Romance? Blah, what a waste of time. But action! People are shooting things and blowing up. It's like, woo! And the book of Mark feels like an action movie. It's like Mark was like, i got places to go and people to see. People, let's just go. And he's like, all this stuff's cut out of it. You read Mark, I mean, Matthew and Luke and John, and there's all these extra bits. You're like, I didn't know that. And it's because John was like, I mean, Mark was like, i got time for that. Places to go, people to see. So jump over to Mark chapter 6, right? I'm getting all excited because I love the Bible, sorry. Not sorry. Uh, Mark chapter 6 is just like, I just thought, I just grabbed a, a, this is one of my favorite chapters. I was going to say a random chapter, but that'd be lying. This is one of my favorites. I'm just going to read the headings because you look at the headings and the idea would be if, you, if you're like, where do I start? It's like, just start in the book of Mark and you just read one section each day. Often it's like five verses, maybe it's 10 verses, but I pretty much guarantee every time you're like, whoa, man, Jesus is on a mission, right? Because it's really full on. Like, you look at this. I'm just going to go through the headings. Um, Jesus rejected at Nazareth. And when you read it, you're like, oh, my gosh, that's his hometown. You'd think if anywhere would love him, it'd be, what's happening? And you read that action. And then the next one, he sends out the 12 disciples, which is just massive, right? Absolutely massive. And they're casting out demons. They're healing. You're like, what? It's so exciting. The next day, the death of John the Baptist. And you're like, oh, my gosh. That's Jesus' cousin. That was like the forerunner to, to Jesus coming. And he's died. I wonder how that impacted Jesus. Oh my gosh, what's happening? And it's, and it's also cool action because his head's chopped off in the middle of a dance party. You're like, what is going on? This is just chaos. Okay, and then the next day you're down to Jesus feeds the 5,000. And it's like they come back from their ministry. They're smashed. Jesus has heard about his cousin being killed. He's smashed. And they just try and get away. But everyone's like, follow him. And all his boats follow. And then he just casually feeds 5,000 people which, as we know, is just the men, so it's really 20. It's, it's good stuff, right? Oh, my gosh. And then the last one, the last section, which to me is the funniest, is Jesus walks on water. And I have to read this. I know I'm going over time, but I kind of don't care. I just love this. So um, at the end of feeding the 5,000, everyone's just, like, freaking out because Jesus is so amazing, and I've seen this incredible miracle. And Jesus is like, disciples, you're smashed still from the ministry. Because remember, they tried to come across the lake to get away because they're exhausted. And everyone follows them. And he feeds the 5,000. He's like, go, go, go. So they disappear, the disciples. And it says Jesus goes up in the hills to pray. Because he's still wasted. He still needs that time with his father, right? 
And I just have to read this because it's so funny. So this is verse 47 of Mark 6, if you're with me. Late that night, the disciples were in their boat in the middle of the lake, and Jesus was alone on land. He saw that they were in serious trouble. So remember, he's gone up into the hills, so most people think he's possibly still up quite high, and he's looking out over the lake. It's not a massive lake, and he sees there's a massive storm, and the disciples are in trouble, and they're freaking out, and I love this bit. Um, They were in serious trouble, rowing hard and struggling against the wind and waves. About three o'clock in the morning... Jesus came towards them, walking on the water, as you do, just casually. <laughs> I love it, eh? And this is my favorite line. This is my favorite line. He intended to go past them, <laughs> but when they saw him walking on the water, they cried out in terror, thinking he was a ghost. I'm like, so he's intending to go past them, which means he's not intending to rescue them. So he's just checking on them. He's seen them from the hill. Oh, my gosh, my guys are in trouble. I'll just casually stroll out <laughs> on a stormy lake, as you do, just to check on them. Oh, they saw me. Okay, now I'll rescue them. Oh, Action, Mark 6. Are you with me? Man, how good's the Bible? Oh, I really do get excited when I think about the Bible, right? Here's the last little bit. I'm um, listening to the Bible. I know heaps of you are like, bro, I've got like kids, work, madness. There must be a time where you commute <laughs> or do the dishes or something. Um, I met a pastor once when I was in Wellington and we were just talking about the importance of reading the Bible. And he said to me, do you read through the Bible regularly? And I said, oh, yeah, totally brave at time every morning. And I said, I remember once I read through the whole Bible in a year. I thought that was kind of cool, but it was just too much. I felt like I was like, oh, I've just got to read three chapters every day. Ah, and it got all legalistic. And oh. and I said to him, what about you? And he goes, oh, yeah, I read through the Bible 10 times a year. And, I was, and he didn't say it arrogantly at all. I was like, shut up. I said, how do you do that? And he's like, bro, whenever I'm alone, I'm listening to the Bible. He said, I love to cycle. So if I'm going for a bike ride, Bible. Doing the dishes at home because my wife's doing something, Bible. Driving to work, Bible. He said, that's just my default to listen to the Bible. He said, I love it, man. I think he'd been doing it like 10 years. So he'd been through the Bible. I was like, amazing, eh? So listen to the Bible. So the cool thing with the YouVersion app is most of the English translations, um, you can just listen to it. So, and most of their devotions now, they're working really hard to get the devotion as well as the actual Bible part to be able to be listened to. So if you're driving the car, if you're doing the dishes, if you're mowing the lawns, if you've got good headlines. All right. Hey, um, last verse here, and then I've got a little quote, but I just love this verse. So if you've got your Bible, jump over to Deuteronomy 17. Um, this is just a really cool passage. So this is talking about what Israel was meant to do whenever they get a new king, right? So Deuteronomy 17. Um, verse 18. So when they get a new king, they have all these rules about he shouldn't own too much land, not too much gold, yada, yada, yada. But then they have this really, I just love this bit, eh? So they've got a new king. This is what they should do. When he sits on the throne as king, he must copy for himself this body of instruction on a scroll, which means the whole Pentateuch. So Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, Numbers. Oh, I've got some new stuff. Those five books. On a scroll, in the presence of the Levitical priest, he must always keep that copy with him. And I love to say, and read it daily as long as he lives. That way he will learn to fear the Lord his God. Fear means respect, live in awe of God. By obeying all the terms of these instructions and decrees, this regular reading will prevent him from becoming proud and acting as if he is above his fellow citizens. It will also prevent him from turning away from these commands in the smallest way. And it will ensure that he and his descendants will reign for many generations in Israel. And I love that, eh? I, I haven't written out <laughs> the Bible um, for myself, but I try and do what it said, and I try and be in it just every day, right? Sometimes it's real short because my day is just chaos. Um, but sometimes it's a little bit longer, eh? It's just, I've got to be in there, right? We're, we're nuts if we don't.
We're just nuts. Okay, let me finish with this little um, story. So again, I'm going to read the first half, and then I'll chuck the second half on the screen because it's really interesting. So this is about Terry Anderson. Some of you might remember Terry Anderson, who was a journalist, and he was kidnapped by Muslims for seven years, a pretty, pretty horrible time for him. Um, so this is a, being told by Andy Cook, and then the quote I'll put on is from Terry Anderson, put on the screen. So for seven years, Terry Anderson was held as a hostage of Shiite Muslim fundamentalists. The former reporter for the Associated Press had been taken captive and held as a political prisoner, and for seven terrible years he was moved from location to location, hidden successfully, and sentenced to horrible loneliness. Before he was taken as a hostage, Anderson had not given much thought to matters of faith, but in prison he was allowed to have a Bible, and then this is what he says. Constantly over the years I found consolation and counsel in the Bible. I was given in the first few weeks he wrote after his ordeal ended. I love this bit. Not other world, this is just a test kinds of consolation, but comfort from the real, immediate voices of people who'd suffered greatly and in ways that seemed so close to what I was going through. I read the Bible more than 50 times cover to cover in those first few years. Amazing, eh? Um, Etu, let's all stand up and I'm going to pray. Um, Just before I pray, I've got to say this real bluntly. I don't know how to say this. If, if this offends you, I'm totally not trying to say it in an offensive way, but if you claim to be in a relationship with Jesus and you're not regularly in the Bible, you're nuts. <laughs> you're just nuts because <laughs> you are missing out on a whole component of who you are. You're never going to hear God as clearly as you will if you're just regularly in the Bible. You've got to do the nature thing and the friend thing and like, all that's important, but... The Bible is God's call to us. That's <laughs> where we hear him speaking to us, right? It's his revelation to us. So five minutes a day, man, how hard is that, eh? So, yeah. Okay, let me pray. Yeah, kia ora, almighty God, eh? Thanks for making it so accessible. Oh, my gosh, thanks that we don't live a thousand years ago where the only Bibles were, like, chained to the wall and churches we could hardly even get into. Now we have it on our phone and like every translation we could imagine. We have it on apps and oh, it's just ridiculous, eh? So I just thank you for how easy you've made it, but it almost feels like the easier it becomes, the less treasured it becomes. <laughs> um, yeah, we want to be people that love you like crazy. Uh, we want to be people who prosper in our relationship with you. We want to be people whose leaves don't wither, God. <laughs> We want to be people who are just crazy fruitful. We explode with the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, faithfulness. We want that, God, and we know we've got to plug into you to get it, eh? We really do. Um, yeah, so I just pray for anyone right now that's thinking, yeah, I need to do this, eh? Give them that, that energy, give them that encouragement tomorrow, whatever time they're thinking works, to just do it, <laughs> to just get in there and read it, like they would devour a cookie at great speed, God. Yeah, I pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen. I mean...